Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, so tell me about your YouTube channel. Like, how how uh, how was that? Because I, I have a YouTube channel too. Yes. Oh man. So we we started like we wanted to do a YouTube channel about crypto, and we kind of wanted to gear the YouTube channel towards teaching people maybe how to get into crypto, uh, what crypto is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we got about two or three videos in, and we both realized that we just hate we hate being like filming video. We hate talking in front of a camera for the sake of talking in front of a camera. So. It was kind of a natural transition to a podcast where we could both sit down and like just talk and go off script if we wanted to or just see where the conversation took us. So it was, it was a very natural thing. It just took us a while to get there. I get that. I get that. I understand that. Like, I mean, you see my background here. I have all these phone panels. I have lights here, lights here. I turned some of them off because I'm not going to put this one on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I started off as a podcast and I went to YouTube and then I'm like, well, now sometimes I'll put my episodes on YouTube. Uh, sometimes they won't. It just kind of varies. But making podcasts, it's uh, it's fun, right? It's kind of how. So mine kind of came about almost exactly a year ago to the date. Um, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, do you want to be on my podcast for an episode?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool." We jumped on. We we're talking baseball. It was fun. Um, he asked me to come on a couple more times. Uh, so a couple of weeks I went on with him, and then I was like, "This is pretty sweet. Like, this is a pretty cool thing to do. Why can't I just do my own, right?" And it was uh, 2021. Like, COVID was happening. Like, no one to really do much. So I'm in my house. I'm like, well, I have spare time. I'll just, you know, I'll do a podcast. So that's kind of how this came about. Um, so then I invested all this equipment, and um, it's it's been a blast. I absolutely love doing it. Um, so I've listened to a few of your episodes. The last one I listened to was one with the Baseball Boys. Um, that was awesome. That was um, – I love what they're doing as well. And kind of give me um, – talk to me about that episode with them and how you guys are kind of um, – how, how that all came about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the podcasting for us, it was just so much more natural and mm -hmm. it was conversations that we'd be having anyway. Right. right. Um, and just to backtrack a bit, it was kind of funny because we'd be, we'd be kind of set trying to set up to film a YouTube video and we're sitting here, they're having these conversations kind of just like delaying it. And uh, Berta's wife was like, why aren't you recording this? This yeah. is the best part. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good point. So all the good conversation was happening before we turned the camera on. And then we just got all weird and awkward as soon as the camera got turned on. So we're like, yeah, this isn't for us right now. <laughs> let's let's stick with the old yeah. podcast. Would you uh, have but anyway, to... specifically, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what you have to do, Bert, is have your wife secretly film you guys once you kind of get rolling and you you don't know you're being filmed. That's that's the secret. That way you're feeling natural because I, I agree with you. Once the film starts rolling, you're like, oh, man, what do I say? Like, And you just, it just makes it all um, feel. Yeah, exactly. Like you get kind of flustered if you mess up. You're like, oh, can I can I edit this? And then that that all leads to a whole different conversation. Um, this is more natural flowing mm -hmm. and it's easier. Um, you guys probably do this in person though, right? Normally when you get to record, do you guys meet together? Yeah. That's that's so much easier than doing this virtually. But that's kind of the way the world is nowadays. Yeah, way easier, and that's kind of what we found when we've had guests. So specifically with the baseball boys. Mm -hmm. um, awesome dudes and there's three of them so the, mm -hmm. the the only issue comes with like having five people on a call it yeah. just becomes hard not to talk over each other even like in this you know where you're having this with three people you just when you're not in person it's you don't get those like cues that you would normally have right. to say okay i need to someone else wants to cut in here so i gotta stop um but with the baseball boys basically how we met them was because uh we're involved in that in durham 
Um, and we ended up uh, sponsoring two of them and just having conversations with them. So my, my part uh, in the Durham side is basically player outreach. And so having a conversation with the players and getting them, uh, you know, if they need help getting a wallet to send the funds to and that kind of stuff, I do that. Um, and then just honestly, ha- I've just been texting with a bunch of them, just having conversations about, you know, random things, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they need help with whatever we're doing, and that's kind of how I met uh, Austin and Aiden. And then uh, Aiden's brother, Ian, is the other one involved in that. So we, yeah, we kind of built a relationship that way. And then once we found they had a NFT coming out, we were super interested in that. Um, obviously, because it is baseball centric. And that's what our mission is with Durham. So I'll let Berta take up from there. If he's not frozen. Uh-oh, do we lose him? So I I, this is easier to <laughs> no, add. Oh, okay. Oh, he's just calm and stoic. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Berta, this is a good spot for you to jump in here. Um, how do you, before we talk about Durham MU, maybe how can you explain in simple terms what, what the whole crypto thing is? Because a lot of people still are not too familiar with what cryptocurrency is, what NFTs are. Um, that may be something that's literally until for me, even for a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, um, I'm on Twitter and I see a lot of like monkey faces as profile or like random like art as profile pictures. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but it's a whole new world that I'm kind of diving into, which is so interesting and fascinating. Um, could you maybe break that down in simple terms? Um, for those listening to kind of understand like how this, if it's possible, I see, I see you laughing here. If it's possible, uh, kind of break it down for us like in simpler terms. Yeah. Crypto, man, crypto is, is tough to explain because at its core function, I mean, cryptocurrencies, they're an exchange of value. Just like if I was to send you a Venmo or something like that, you know, uh, the, the ability to exchange value. But the difference is, is that, you know, crypto exists on, you hear the term blockchain. Blockchain is just a ledger of transactions. So it's it's a good way to reconcile transactions in the sense that if I was to send you a cryptocurrency, there would be a record of it forever that everybody could see and everybody could access. So that's that's kind of the strength of cryptocurrency and, and the ability to do it, you know, 24 seven, anywhere in the world. Um, those are all those are all like really really strong things that crypto kind of brings to the, and that's like the attraction to crypto and then it, it, to complicate that more than right we hear the term nft and you're very right like a lot of nfts are just useless jpegs that people have assigned value to um i i think in crypto we haven't really truly explored the use case for an for an nft in a sense that an nft is essentially digital property ownership so once you wrap your head around the idea that you can own digital property and there's value to it, then you can start to perhaps see, you know, the applications of the utility for NFTs. And the, the, my biggest kind of the easiest way to think about it is that, like, at some point, perhaps you could get your tickets to the ball game in the form of an NFT. Right. It's a it's a one off thing that nobody else can possess, but that you have and it provides you some utility and. We find that a lot. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on our podcast is that um, most NFTs are truly useless, but some of them, they're, you know, you you hold an NFT and it grants you access to a community and that's where the true value of it is. So it's it's a lot of just abstract thinking, I think, at the end of the day, trying to understand how and why crypto works and what it's used for. But that hopefully is a bit of a broad stroke of what crypto is. No, for sure. For sure. So talk to me about um, how did Durham EMU come about? Like, 
like, or what was the factors that kind of led to this decision to kind of create this? And um, what is the goal? And like, just give me some more background information about it. Yeah, for sure. So, so Durham, Durham U, it, it started um, actually as a result of some connections that we had through one of these communities that you had to have an NFT to join. So it was, it's a community that essentially people would get together and talk about kind of new projects in crypto or things going on in crypto. And um, there was a project that launched before Dur- before Duraminu that was kind of a new take on what is called meme coins. So meme coins are those those coins that are galvanized by, you know, memes, right? Mm-hmm. Elon Musk says something, somebody makes a meme of it. Now in crypto, somebody makes a cryptocurrency about that meme, which is really ridiculous when you think about it, right? But um, there, there was this new trend that kind of started where suddenly it became, you know, meme coins with a purpose. So that we kind of identified that trend and trend in, in crypto. And we both got there somewhat organically in the sense that, I mean, um, Brunswick and I are both, you know, we're both casual fans of baseball. I wouldn't say we are the most diehard fans, but what we are fans of is the ability to make, you know, we talk about it on the podcast a lot is we just want to do really cool things and make, you know, the world better. So when, when a couple other people that were part of a community with, they came to us and said, hey, we have this really cool idea where we can leverage the ability to crowdfund through crypto and the ability then to use this funding to support a really interesting, valuable cause, we, we were all on board for it. So it, it, it happened very quickly and it happened very, very organically. But um, we, we ultimately landed on, you know, this is our mission is we can we can use the hype, we can use the the strength of the fan base, we can use the power of cryptocurrency to essentially um, raise money for these for these minor league ball players through an avenue that hadn't ever been touched before. So then, um, you mentioned that you you guys are kind of casual fans. Um, I had asked this before we jumped on and recorded. Um, like, what is your sports fandom like background? I know you guys are both from Canada, and it would be stereotypical of me to assume you're big hockey fans. Um, but like what what is your like your fandom background? Um, personally, uh, so I grew up playing sports, basically every sport that I could possibly play. Um, and then when I went uh, to university, I actually was in track and field. So I like watching the Olympics. That doesn't happen too often, though. Um, but as far as like sports goes, I mean, yeah, you you are right. Hockey is the big thing up here, and and um, so we do like to watch that. Uh, and then. Honestly, man, I'm just, uh, I love sports in general. So I've never, I'm not a huge, I don't watch a ton of sports. I just don't have the time to, to, to do it anymore with kids and family and all that kind of stuff. But um, as far as uh, viewership goes, I would say that we're both um, into, I mean, the UFC was has been big um, and all those kinds of things. But that's was just mostly because we both like to do jujitsu and kind of understand that as well. So um, yeah, I mean, baseball is awesome. We, like I said, I did, I did play growing up. Uh, I was never, I mean, in Canada, I don't honestly don't even know if it crosses people's mind that, um, okay, I should get good at this and become a, you know, try to go to the minors or that kind of thing. It's more the hockey parents who are trying to push their kids to the WHL and that kind of thing. But um, for me, it's funny, man. I, my personal sports fandom, like I, I guess in my adult life, I've dabbled a lot of different things. I've done some ultra marathon running. I've done some competitive weightlifting. I've, I've done a lot of those like single man sports, but MMA and jujitsu has been uh, kind of a rekindled passion for me. But, you know, it's funny, it does come a little bit full circle as um, I grew up in a city in Alberta called Calgary and we had a triple A minor league team called the Cannons there. Hmm. So I, I have a lot of 
fond childhood memories actually watching cannons games and you know every time there'd be a home run they would shoot off a cannon and i remember that very vividly from my childhood um and you know the cannons left calgary and baseball kind of entered a little bit of the you know the background for me until durham inu came about again I had actually talked to, so on my podcast, I interviewed baseball players, I kind of mentioned that. I have talked to a gentleman from Canada, and he had mentioned that it's so hard um, in Canada because of the weather. You can't just go out and practice year-round. Um, like some, I mean, that that's kind of how it is here in the Midwest as well, but in like states like Texas and California where these they're just they breed baseball players because year-round they have that opportunity to, to play baseball. Uh, and this gentleman, like his story is incredible. If you get, if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to listen to it. Um, he wasn't signed by a baseball team. He ended up playing independently in, in Canada. And I wish I can remember the name of the independent league that he played it with. But, uh, he said that he was playing against like gentlemen who were like firefighters on, you know, during the day. And then at night they would be baseball players and they would, he had an incredible time. And then he ended up coming here to the States and um, he was signed by the Milwaukee Brewers. And then he, um, one year into his career, he, he, he had uh, developed cancer. Uh, so he was out uh, 2020. Wow. Uh, he was uh, cured or in remission, and then it came back. So he had to sit out another season. Um, and finally, this season is the first time he's throwing a baseball since 2019. Um, incredible story. Awesome guy uh, from Canada. Um, I wish I could. I wish I could remember exactly where he was playing in, but he had mentioned some of the leagues there and some of the stadiums um, in that episode that I was talking to him about. Um, so, speaking of Durham Emu, um, like, what is the goal and how does that have? How does that relate to minor leaguers? Because I know you were mentioning minor leaguers, Brunswick. You mentioned that your job is for player outreach. Um, like, what is your your goal and how did you guys actually even settle on? helping out baseball players as the recipients of your, uh, your uh, tokens here. So a bit of it is timing. I think like, like, like Berta was saying, um, we happen to see the, the trend, I guess. And I think crypto is big in that. And that's one of the things you need to kind of do when you're starting to get into it, realizing there are some trends that happen from time to time. And if you can, if you can get on those, you, you can make some money potentially, but um, in the end, when we saw the, the kind of trend of this charity coin kind of idea, um, at the same time, uh, there was there were news articles coming out about the Major League Ball um, strike, and then other articles came out about minor leaguers struggling to essentially, they're not even making, you know, wages that mm-hmm. would be a poverty level. Uh, and it just kind of clicked. And then, um, so... simply our goal in Durham is to be the biggest sponsor of minor league players. Pretty simple. I mean, our whole goal is to put money into their hands so that their life can be a bit easier so they can focus on doing what they need to do to prevent, hopefully get to the the majors Mm -hmm. or at the very least um, to be less stressed out while they're trying to train and be the best they can be uh, in baseball. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I mean, we have a fairly good understanding as to what it means to, to have to train. And at the end of the day, we, we know that that's stepped up a huge level when you're trying to be the best at your sport. Right. Um, and so it's, it's, our mission is honestly really, really simple. It's just about how do we accomplish that? Our mission is literally put money in the hands of players so they can be better, so they can focus on what they're, what they're meant to be doing. 
I, I think it's, I mean, it is truly that simple is, is that trying to fulfill that mission and leveraging the strength of, you know, the cryptocurrency market to do so. Um, you know, I, I see us, it's, it's interesting because we almost have a kind of like two business avenues. We have the sponsorship side that we focus on minor league players and our treasury can, is dedicated towards that. And then we have the investor side where these, where cryptocurrency investors get to interact with our, with our project and potentially see, you know, uh, an appreciation in their investment as, as a result of the volume and, and the things happening there. And it's, it's this really interesting balancing act where we, we're kind of doing two things at once. And it kind of feels like we're juggling a little bit because we have this arm of the business, if you will, focused on players. And then we have this arm of the business that's focused on running the cryptocurrency project. So it's, it's a, it's a very, if nothing else, it's a very interesting experiment in a new form of crowdfunding, essentially. Interesting. Okay. And so Brunswick, you had mentioned that, uh, like I said, you are the players outreach um, how, and the stories that they, they give to you. I'm sure you've heard uh, and you as well, Berta, the, the minor league lifestyle is not, is not glamorous, right? Um, a lot of these players, some of them um, are signed for big deals. And we, we hear about these first round picks who are signed, uh, signed for millions of dollars. And then we, we don't really hear about all the rest of the rounds because there's so many rounds of baseball in the draft. Um, and there's some guys who are signed for thousands of dollars. Then they're expected to go perform at while while um, at the same time they're expected to uh, have their housing their food um, I was talking to one gentleman um, a, a baseball player in the in the Brewers minor league system he and I play um, Xbox together sometimes so we'll talk kind of like like off the record so to speak you know um, and he was just telling me how like they're given like a stipend and I asked I'm like you know out of curiosity how much is your daily stipend and the amount that he told me was just like uh, can you buy a meal, you know, with that amount of money. And that's supposed to last them for, for the whole day. Um, and with my job, when I travel, I get a certain amount of money. And it's like almost like three or four times the amount of money that these guys are given. And I'm not expected to perform or, you know, be an athlete. I'm just expected to do my work. Um, so it's interesting that the stories that you hear of minor leaguers and through my, my interactions with several of them, I've heard stories like of gentlemen who, are really good at the sport, but because they can't afford to play the sport, they drop out and they they retire and their professional career is over uh, before it really ever got started because they just can't afford it. Uh, I know several guys who have shared six or seven guys in a in a two bedroom apartment with one guy sleeping in the kitchen on a blow up mattress, um, and it's just all these stories you hear. Um, and I, I think, and I, I realized this, um, even as myself, because, because when, before I even started podcasting and talking to baseball players, um, I think of baseball players as professionals, right? That's their job. They chose to do this. If they want to make more money, then they pay better. And that's kind of the mentality of a lot of people have. But at the same time, if you want them to play better then you need them to be able to perform at their peak, if, but if they're unable to, you know, eat or they're thinking of, you know, where I'm going to live or how am I going to afford to live um, or they're living out of their car, they're not going to be able to be the best selves that we need them to be in order to advance. Because baseball, there's levels, right? In the minors, you can go from low A to high A to double A to triple A. It could be five or six years before players ever make the major leagues so they get that contract where now they're making millions, right? Yeah, I think that's interesting and kind of why we transitioned a bit at the beginning. Because in the beginning, we had this idea of this like just charity coin kind of thing. But 
the more we thought about it, we didn't like that idea of of this of char- the word charity because it has yeah. these connotations like these guys are like um I don't know that they're asking for something that they, I don't know. It it just, it had these negative connotations that we didn't like because in the end, these are, these are athletes. These are guys who are, um, you know, training, they're, they're in shape. They're trying to do some professional sport. Um, and they're, they're also not the type of guy who's going to say, Hey, I need help. Right. Like, even though, even though they're all, they probably all do Mm -hmm. need help, but the vast majority of them do. Um, I'm not gonna say it's, it's not an ego thing. It's more like a, they're proud. They're proud mm-hmm. that they're baseball players. They want to do well, and so they. We kind of understood fairly quickly that these aren't the type of guys who are gonna say, "Hey, yeah, please give me give me a handout," right? Mm-hmm. But the idea of a sponsorship is we like that idea better because it becomes this like partnership in a, in a way, right? Where we we have a mission like like Berta was talking about with in the crypto kind of realm and also in the baseball realm. And they can help us with uh, achieve our mission by do simple things that we're just asking when we get, when we sponsor them, we just get a, a quick video and, or we ask them to, you know, maybe hit a like on us on our social media, nothing, nothing crazy. We're, we don't want to demand anything of these guys at all, to be honest. We just, in the end, if they help us with the crypto side with a couple of, you know, retweets or likes, uh, then that's, that's kind of all we're looking for. And, in the meantime, here's here's some money to help you live a bit better, um, as in the form of a sponsorship. So that was kind of our transition early on because we wanted to we wanted to acknowledge that these are these are dudes who are who are just trying super hard to to do to get somewhere that mm-hmm. is imp- insanely hard to get. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to add anything, Berta? Yeah. Sorry, we're still trying to work out the uh, the kinks of like multiple people in remote podcasting situations here. Um, no, it's interesting. And and maybe the only thing I'd add to that is they, they very much have a bit of a synergistic effect on each other, right? If, if our crypto side of the business is doing well, it funds our treasury. And if our treasury is doing well, we can fund more players, which if we're able to leverage, like just in the tiniest amount, that little bit of marketing from them, the crypto side loves that, right? So the more that we get those, those two sides working with each other and in concert to kind of accomplish the same goal. That's where our project succeeds. What has been um, the reaction from players that you've, you've talked to? Um, because like you said, they don't want to ask for money. They don't want to consider themselves like a charity. But at the same time, like we know, they know that this is going to help them. They're going to benefit. And that's why there are um, organizations like Adopt a Minor Leaguer, who I've had his the, the, the founder of that on the podcast, and he and I have talked about this before and he does a ton of great things with helping um baseball players and the minors find uh families to sponsor them whether it's a little bit of money here and there um and he does a great job uh there's also um a, a more than baseball who also kind of support baseball players and in, in the minors as well um with a ton of cool resources um like what is the reaction of the baseball players that you've sponsored how has their reaction been to what you guys are doing so it's it's honestly they just they're super grateful in the end like they're um and like i said i think these are all good guys who um are trying something that's difficult to do and uh they're they're super grateful and it's funny you mentioned those two organizations because we actually at durham have partnerships with both uh adopt a minor leaguer and more than baseball um which has been amazing right we have some guys on our team that are amazing at making those contacts mm-hmm. um and setting up those partnerships but yeah, no, it's been nothing but just gratitude and um, 
I mean, it's kind of actually funny when we want to have, have one of our first Twitter spaces, uh, we had some players show up and, uh, at that time we were still kind of formulating like a number. What do we, what do we sponsor that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And some of the players popped up and they, I think Berta directly asked like, Hey, like, so what, what kind of number, like, what would you, what would help you? Yeah. And we, th- these guys were saying like, you know, any, anything like 50 bucks would be great. 50. And we're like, no dude, like we yeah. $50. Like that's not what we're doing here. We want to give you money. That's actually going to help you yeah. not buy you like two meals. Um, so they're just super humble guys for the most part, as far as anyone I've dealt with has been just super humble and, uh, really grateful. Uh, so it's, it's been, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. And we, we find, um, the only, the only thing is, is that the struggle of getting people indoctrinated into crypto because a lot of these ball players just, you know, the, the percentage of the population that's actually involved in crypto is still really low. So when we tell some of these ball players, we'd love to send you, um, we, we send, it's called USDC. So it's us digital currency. It's, it's basically, it's the exact same value as one us dollar. It's just in the form of cryptocurrency. So when we tell these guys, we want to send you USTC. It then there's a little bit of work on the back end for us, which is why we have our player onboarding, our player outreach arm, to help them get set up with the necessary, you know, crypto accounts or crypto infrastructure, so that they can actually accept the cryptocurrency. That's been uh, probably, and Brunswick, maybe you can correct me on this, but that's probably been a lot of the work for us has just been getting them able to accept it. Yeah, and it's it's actually been fairly. It hasn't been too bad. It takes a couple of conversations, and and it goes from there, and then. Um, it depends on the player. Some guys want to figure out because I mean they it's theirs, right? They can do whatever they want with it. And some most guys are figuring out how to cash it out into fiat currency and throw it in their bank account because they need it, right? Mm-hmm. And they all need it. But and then some other guys have decided, hey, how do I? So what, what can I do to potentially invest this? Yeah. And then we have those conversations of just about, you know, just some very basic crypto stuff about, you know, what how to invest and making sure that you're doing your due diligence and not going to get scammed or rugged or anything like that. So it's, it's been fun. It's just been an interesting, uh, there's some interesting conversations to be had. Uh, and that's, like I said, that's kind of our, my, um, my only skill is having those conversations at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. And so how do you, um, how do you get players, uh, signed on and sponsored? Like, um, is it word of mouth only right now? Or like, how are you like advertising this? Cause I, I know a ton of baseball players who would definitely benefit. And I've actually told them a couple of them about this and kind of sent them the information. Um, but is it mostly at the moment word of mouth or like, what is your um, way of kind of getting players to know about what you're doing? And I know you're still, it's still new though. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so we have an application form. Um, I'm not sure how widely distributed it is yet, but I think we're going to be throwing it out there kind of a bit wider um we initially with our first twitter spaces we kind of met some players right there right away and that kind of started the ball rolling uh and then we it's kind of been so with these partnerships with adopt a minor league and more than baseball uh they've both given us uh 50 names so we're uh tracking those guys down and trying to get them uh the uh, application form as well um so there's kind of different avenues uh, actually Brody, you're cool. Yeah, I think we can talk about it. Actually, we just uh, started the a referral kind of program so that we can get more word of mouth out to from the players who are already sponsored and give them incentive to say, hey, talk to their teammates and get them um, sponsored as well. So 
uh, we're we're doing everything, and then I think at some point here, I'm not, we're having discussions about just getting the application, you know, more widely distributed so guys can see it and uh, send it out. So, like, if for example, Francesco, like, we could we could send you one, and if you know ball players, you could definitely just send an email to them, and they can apply. For sure. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's funny, man. We've we've joked about this internally with our with the team is we we have we have a, like a lot of money that we want to give to these players, and right now we almost can't find enough players to give it to. So we're trying to get that get that ball rolling, and and that's definitely been our our goal for the last few weeks is get that word of mouth spreading through the clubhouses naturally. Yeah, I was going to ask you. That was going to be my next question. Like, is there a max amount of players you're able to sponsor? Um, or is that just kind of fluctuate depending on the other side of th- things with the investors? Yeah, so that's that's tough. Um, and that's a lot of actually what my role in the project is, is kind of managing the treasury. Um, the, the really cool thing about crypto, and I can send you the link after the podcast, is all of this information is publicly accessible. So you can go online right now and see just how much money we have um, to work with from the treasury standpoint. But some of that comes in managing that money because we do have operating expenses. We do have um, marketing expenses and marketing expenses is a large portion of our budget because we need that marketing in the crypto side for crypto investors to purchase the token. But um, right now the amount of money that we can uh, fund player or give to players is, is contingent on our volume, but we have a lot that we have set aside. I mean, our, our treasury is very healthy right now. So um it's 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 and it's hard to forecast in crypto projects you know what the future might look like but right now you know we we're confident that we have even if nothing else was to happen um from our crypto side we have uh, ample runway for the next couple months i would say um is this a sponsorship that is like a one-time thing or is it like monthly throughout the season or is it um almost like throughout the year for like a one year like how does that all work out like is it like um a one-year deal that they get sponsored for 12 months uh, or how does that whole process work out? So currently we've uh, been doing a one-time sponsorship. Um, we're in discussions. I mean, we're always changing and we're always doing things uh, open to ideas. So, uh, so currently all the guys we've sponsored has been a one-time sponsorship um, of a, a certain amount of USDC. And at the same time now we've, like I said, we've kind of rolled out this referral program where we'll be, um, you know, help players who help refer other people in their team. And then there's also been discussions that we're going to be starting potentially a quarterly uh, distribution for a certain amount of players. And I'm not, we haven't ironed out the details on any of that, but it's honestly, it's still in flux. And it, like you said, it, it does depend on um, in the end, how the treasury is doing and uh, our runway. Cause we want to keep, we want to keep a runway so that uh, we can at the very least sponsor a huge majority of the players um one time for sure and then move from there but uh like berta said we're we're good at the moment and we uh we obviously think that this project has a huge huge potential um in, and it's completely undervalued in, in our opinion so um what are some maybe misconceptions about either cryptocurrency or what you guys are doing that some players may have like when, when you talk to them, Brunswick, you're like, this is kind of what we're doing. And then think, well, like, you know, that's maybe a scam or like, what are some of the, like the hurdles you've had to jump over to kind of encourage them to join? 
Yeah, for sure. Like, listen, I, I get it. I, you should be skeptical. Like I'm, we're just giving you money. Like I, I, if you didn't come from a point of having a bit of what's going on, why are you just giving me money? And then it, you know, that's maybe you're a bit naive. So I expect the skepticism initially. Um, the guys, when they, by the time they get to us, they've already filled out the application form. So I think we, that hurdle has been jumped over a bit. I think the hurdle might be actually for the guys who are trying to refer their friends mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, these guys are giving out money. Yeah. It's like, it just sounds weird. It's like, Hey, come to this van and see my puppies. Right. Like it right. just, <laughs> it doesn't sound right. So, um, I, I just think that there's the vast majority of people just don't fully understand crypto. I mean, man, I don't fully understand crypto right. and it still, that makes a lot of no, no sense in a lot of ways, but, um, I think that when they start seeing that our our goal is, you know, like I said, our primary goal is to help minor league players, you know, full stop. That is our goal. Um, does it mean that there's? I mean, like I said, that, that's just that's our goal. So we we what? I don't know what else to say about that. Like we just that's just the way it is. So <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's like I want to complicate it, but there's yeah. no complicated thing here. So I think once they get to us, like once, so specifically, I've not really had many hurdles talking to these guys because they filled out the application form. They've probably been told by somebody else, hey, these guys are giving out cash. Um, I mean, well, crypto, mm. but yeah, so I don't really see those, but I can definitely see, well, I mean, we've had some, we actually had some conversations, not, not me personally, but from the business side, I mm. guess Berta could talk about this. We've had a bit more of that um, pushback on the business end of it, which makes more sense to me because we're trying to explain crypto to you know legitimate businesses who have worked in the regular business world the whole time so mm -hmm. Berta, maybe you can touch on that a bit for sure no it's it, i i would i would hope that people are are skeptical because it's unfortunate but crypto is just plagued with scams and it's such a it's such a unique space that if you aren't a little bit maybe experienced in being skeptical in the crypto space, you can get duped. And to, I mean, to illustrate that the first NFT project that Brunswick and I got into, it, it was a scam and I lost a lot of money, right? That was my first yep. NFT was I lost a thousand US dollars. So um, we've all experienced it. It's a bit of a rite of passage in crypto to be scammed. But what we want to ensure is that, you know, our mission and it's part of our mission of our podcast too, right? Is there can be, uh, integrity, there can be transparency, there can be honesty in crypto. And despite the fact that a lot of it is done from an anonymous standpoint, where you don't see people's faces, you don't know people's names, um, there exists enough technology, and hopefully enough good people to overcome uh, a lot of the people that want to scam things. So we find that a lot interfacing with baseball organizations, agents, um, you know, uh, companies, corporations, whatever, is that they're, they are rightfully skeptical. They say you're a crypto project, um, but you, you're not an LLC or, you know, you don't, we don't know your real name yet or things like that. So it's been a hurdle for us. And right now we're starting, I think we're starting to get a little credibility, hopefully in just the sense that we're not really like, we just want to give away money to, we want to sponsor minor league players and we want to support our investors on the crypto side. So we're, I think we're getting traction with that and starting to get a bit of credibility. It's just, it's an uphill battle in crypto. It is. Um, I have a question then. Um, in in regards to the the baseball players, um, is there are there any like requirements um, when it comes to sponsoring a baseball player? Because um, like I said, some some baseball players are assigned for different amounts of money. 
Um, but when it all boils down to it, they can all use this sponsorship. Um, are there certain requirements yeah. they, like, they have to meet in order to, to be sponsored by you guys? No, not at all. Honestly, it's fairly simple. Um, so far, we, every application that we've got, the only thing that we really do is just to make sure that they are actually minor league ball players. Because yeah. I'm waiting for that one application that comes in that's like Verda's cousin or something. Yeah. And then I got to say no. <laughs> um, so no, that's that's like basically it. We basically ensure that they yes, they are minor league ball players, um, and then that is it. And then the only thing we uh, we wait to send that money because, like I said, we're we're trying to have this synergistic effect, like Berta said, between our marketing side of the crypto and then our actual minor league ball side. So, mm-hmm. um, what we all, all we ask is they send in a quick short video saying, "Hey, this is who I am. This is the team I'm playing for, uh, and we want to say mm-hmm. um, we support Durham's mission." Like we, I don't even need them to say like, uh, "Thanks for sending me, sponsoring me." Like nothing like that. We just want. We need something essentially we're trying to we're using those videos obviously for marketing purposes right. and it helps the whole the whole mission right so once we get that video and we have that wallet to send the money to it's off and it's sent um we're not i mean we could foresee down the in the future if um you know we do have monetary issues and we need to kind of start looking at who are we sponsoring we might go down the road of trying to figure out who deserves it more mm-hmm. in, in air quotes but uh, luckily we don't have to do that right now because we we're good okay. and we we have the funds there to sponsor essentially any minor league ball player that applies at the moment so uh that is kind of the process uh but i'm, I'm glad to hear that because i feel like that might be a a um, a barrier from some players who who see what you're doing and think well I might not qualify, um, but I'm glad to hear that every baseball player in the minor league system um, does qualify to kind of uh, be sponsored by you. Um, and I've seen the the videos on on Twitter, and I think that's great marketing. I like that that what you guys are doing in that way. Um, let's let's end on this. Um, what is the ultimate goal, or some um, ultimate goals for you guys as um, this project that you're doing with the minor leaguers, um, like? Do you guys have like an idea of where you guys want to be? Um, or is this going to continue kind of being like this, what it is now? Like, what is your ultimate goal? And I guess you can each answer that however you however you like. Yeah, I think on the player side, I mean, our ultimate goal is we want to be the biggest sponsor of minor league baseball players. It's however we get there. It It is what we want to be known for is that Durham. The cryptocurrency project of Durham is the biggest sponsor of minor league baseball in North America. Like, that's awesome, right? That's what we want to be. And then from the cryptocurrency project side, we do have some goals for market cap just because it's an indicator of performance and success. But I mean, sustainability and the perhaps the ability to start developing because there's a lot of really interesting, complex and new technology in cryptocurrency that we want to start developing with this technology to find new ways to interface with the sport of baseball. And honestly, I would love to find ways to interface our token or our technology with um, both the minor and the major leagues, right? I think, I mean, we're in crypto because we believe that it is going to be, it's here to stay and it's going to be how a lot of our exchange of value happens in society. So we want, we want now to perhaps capitalize on that chance to interface with professional sports specifically baseball i think there's a a relationship to be had there yeah i agree completely um as far as the project goes uh i think we all envision the durham logo up on you know 
in stadiums here and there and um that you know that recognition that we've accomplished our mission i think that's like Berta said, I mean, in the end, the reason we love this project so much is that it's a cool intersection between uh, providing value in real life and then this weird, crazy, ethereal crypto world. Mm -hmm. It just like what it doesn't make sense. You're like, OK, but now you're taking that kind of thing that nobody really understands and you're providing value in the real world. And I yeah. think it's super interesting. Um, so that's kind of a, that's it. And I mean. In the process, uh, we're going to learn a bunch of things, and we're hopefully going to be able to implement some cool utility. Um, but that's all, I mean, to be seen, and, mm -hmm. and we're being worked out. So, so in your dealings with minor leaguers, have you guys picked a baseball team yet to to support here in uh, <laughs> here in the states? I, I haven't. I mean, I, there's so many. There's so that's the crazy thing when you started looking into the minor leagues. I started looking at like I made a list of like all the teams. And I'm like, oh, some of the names are amazing. They're I so love hilarious. the names. <laughs> yeah, I know they're crazy, and the, yeah, no, we. I, I definitely think I'm leaning to a certain way, but it's just because of the guys that are starting to get mm -hmm. to know. Uh, they're, you know, that you start getting, you get biased because you start to like these guys, and you're like, okay, well, let's cheer for that team. But mm -hmm. no, I have nothing specifically. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a little biased, but I mean, the Las Vegas Aviators right now are looking pretty appealing to me for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, their their mother team or the 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 team that they're the major league team, uh, the Oakland A's. They're actually that's actually the team that I grew up cheering for. Uh, so I grew up oh, in yeah. in the Oakland area in California. Um, so like me, my dad. That's how kind of how I got into baseball. Is like my dad was he's huge. So we're Puerto Rican, and like baseball is huge in Puerto Rico. Um, and so my dad was season ticket holders would bring me with him. We'd get out of school early, go to opening day games. Um, we would have, like, we were there like once or twice a week at times. Um, just really from a young age, I was just, and I, I played a little bit and I coached a little bit. I was never really good enough to make anything of it, but, uh, no, you find that you say that the aviators, because, uh, yeah, they're, they're the Oakland A's triple A team. Um, and, and I know that, um, Aiden, I think he's, I don't know if he's in double A or triple A, but I know he plays in the, the farm system for the Oakland A's, um, so I, uh, I, I think, I think you're on the right path. If I want to kind of <laughs> nudge you a little bit, um, uh, by all means, we can use more A's fans, although, um, it's probably not gonna be a good year for the, <laughs> for them. Um, but, uh, now, now I live here in Wisconsin, so I cheer for the Brewers as well. And they have their expectations for this season are so much higher, um, <laughs> than Oakland's, which is nice, but it's, it, I, I cheer for them and I cheer for the, this team. But like you're right, talking to minor leaguers, you get to know them and you want to cheer for them. I was talking to one guy who plays for the Angels and their organization, and they're the ace, one of their division rivals. And I said, "Well, look, man, I'm gonna cheer for you. I hope you succeed. I hope you do well. But if you're playing against the A's, man, like I'm not. I hope you go over four. <laughs> like I hope you have the worst game of your career. <laughs> But uh, other than that, I hope you have an amazing, amazing season. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's funny that you say that. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, baseball is a fun sport. It's it's an incredible sport. Um, so I I love what you guys are doing. I uh, I'm gonna start uh, referring all the guys that I talk to to you guys and um, get them that that information because I know um, it's gonna be beneficial for them. And I, like you said, you're still starting out, so it. You may people may not know about it, but I want to do as much as I can to support minor leaguers because that's 
um, a passion that I have in is supporting minor leaguers, and I think you guys do a great job um, with what you're doing on that side of things, supporting them. So I really um, appreciate that, and I thank you guys for coming on and kind of talking about this. And uh, crypto is still kind of new to me. It's it's something that I'm sort of getting into now, and um, I'll probably once we stop recording, ask you some questions about it, and get <laughs> and get to uh, pick your brain a little bit about it. But um, when it comes to supporting minor leaguers, anyone who does that, like they're they're awesome in my book. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. No, we we appreciate it, man. We I really hope that uh, and play expect to come back and you know have an update here at some point, definitely, and, or do it in person because recording remotely is hard. But yeah, we we appreciate it, man. It's it's it, we love the support and we we thank thanks for having us, honestly. Yeah, and I echo that. And um, I think of what, what we'll have to do is we'll have to get you on our podcast, and then we can yeah. do all the crypto chat on our podcast. Yeah. It'd be interesting to explain explain that side from uh, of it because we didn't actually didn't get to touch it much, but that's all good. Yeah, and what we do when we do record that, um, I'll just throw that on my on my podcast as well um, because that's information that awesome. people would would love to hear about. And like I said, this is this is still something we're all kind of learning about. It's just a young thing compared to like physical money. Yeah, yeah for sure, absolutely. Very cool. Well, give your guys' podcast a shout out and where we can find you guys uh, on Twitter or any other social media that you guys have. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was going to try to slip that in there somehow anyway. So, um, <laughs> uh, so our Twitter is at Easy Mode Crypto. Uh, and that's where you can find all of our Twitter. And then our podcast is mainly being listened to on Spotify. And just to find that, you have to search the EM podcast. If you don't put the in, for some reason, it's impossible to find. So, mm. The EM Podcast. And uh, personally, my Twitter is at Brunswick10. And Bertabrew doesn't ever remember his. So his is at Bertabrew1. <laughs> Love that. All right, guys. You have a great rest of your time. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon, okay? Awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks you. a bunch. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.